the readings very clearly uh, speak of healing and how God desires to heal, specifically the blind and lame, those with these defects that go span their whole lives. And so I preach this homily not as someone who has been healed and looks back and says, I've arrived and this is how to be healed, but as someone in desperate need of healing, and just with a few thoughts of what the Gospels say, what the Scriptures say, and what the tradition says about healing. And the first, um, and reflecting upon society, is that while Jesus sincerely desires to heal, he never perfectly heals anybody, as everyone that he heals ultimately dies, but he desires every person to have faith, hope, and love. He desires to have every person have faith, hope, and love. And this is important, that he does desire to bring healing to everyone, but not healing in a perfect sense. We'll get to why that is. But a lot of times we think that we are not in need of healing. And to that, see that American culture shows that in our individualism, that we are all gluttons for security. We are all gluttons for security. Whether that be glutton, being a glutton for security by a ceaseless um, need for counseling, right, for emotional security. Whether that be a glutton for healing in ceaseless desire for greed so that we never have to depend upon anyone. Whether that be a glutton for security in our desire to have an untarnished reputation so that no one can think ill of us. We are all gluttons for security by nature because of our individualism that doesn't allow us to trust one another. And that gluttony for, glutton for security is out of a deep desire to not be hurt. That if I cannot be in communion with somebody else, then at least do not allow me to be hurt. And that is why we are gluttons for security. We desire to be healed more than we desire faith, hope, and love. We desire, and those, the one who is truly healed is the one who has charity, the one who loves like Jesus. And because, frankly, none of us really do, then we're all in need of healing. And so what does that look like? First, again, it is important to know that Jesus does not require perfect healing of a person for him to be saved. Jesus went to the cross as he saved us with wounds. Mary went to the cross with Jesus as she was the mediatrix of all grace with her own wounds, the seven sorrows that she carries. That we all carry these wounds, but with these wounds, can I love as God loves? And in this sense, Jacques Reed says in his book, Time for God, God desires to wound us in a sense more than he desires to heal us. God, in a sense, desires to wound us more than he desires to heal us. Because perfection, he says, lies not in the ability to not depend on anyone, to be perfectly stitched up, but rather to, in our weakness, depend upon God in all things. Depend upon God in all things. And so that in trusting him in all things, we can love him in all things, even in our weakness. And we see this in Bartimaeus, 
who interestingly has a name, right? There's something about, like, why is this blind beggar remembered by the gospel writers decades later as they're writing it? And it's because he is not settled with his own brokenness. A person who deals with an emotional wound that comes from generation through their whole life just assumes that is part of their life and that it cannot be overcome. A person that deals with blindness or being maimed assumes that that happens for all their life and so that cannot be overcome and that it cannot be healed. But Bartimaeus, for some reason, decides that when he hears Jesus is walking by, that there's hope for this problem that he's had his whole life, something that he's secure in, in a sense. He's probably familiar with being blind. He probably is very comfortable with it and doesn't have any need particularly to, to get out of it. Besides, you know what? I will experience the pain of acknowledging my blindness. I will experience the pain of acknowledging my woundedness, and I will cry out. And whenever he does this, he doesn't receive like applause from the crowd. The crowd doesn't say, great, congratulations, you've acknowledged your blindness, you've acknowledged your own woundedness, you acknowledge that you need to seek healing. In fact, he experiences rejection, he experiences pushback. He experiences himself as a burden. You know, like this, this kind of hopeless cry, you'll never be fixed, so quit asking this pointless question. He experiences rejection from the people around him whenever he desires healing for the seemingly hopeless cause, something that he's dealt with his whole life. Just live with it. But whenever Jesus hears this cry, he calls out to him, and he says, you know, he says to call him. But it's interesting that Jesus doesn't really go to him. This is what happens. So they call the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. So the blind man is the one who gets up. He's the one who throws aside his cloak. He sprang up, and he came to Jesus. How does the blind man come to Jesus? He doesn't know where he's going. It's darkness all around him. And so much so, whenever we're navigating a wound, something that we've dealt with, our whole lives, we don't really know how to get out of it. And Jesus just desires that we come to him in the middle of the darkness. That Jesus isn't going to necessarily meet us where we are, that he's going to heal us, but in darkness, in unfamiliarity, saying, I am wounded in this way from from parent, from relationship, from uh, a trauma, whatever it is, I don't know how to get out. But I know that Jesus is calling me to get out. And that I just simply, in the darkness of faith, have to go to him, knowing that he can heal. There is no format to this. And there is no format in the sense that healing can be reduced to uh, psychology and counseling. Because ultimately, real healing, because our hearts are made for God, because ultimately, real healing has to take place whenever we love like God himself, then God has to cause it in us. Then God is the one who has to draw us to himself in prayer. And God is the one who has to initiate us and lead us by the hand in the darkness of faith as he did with Bartimaeus. So we ask that Jesus can give us this desire to see our own brokenness. 
to not just be too familiar with our own woundedness. That if there's anything that keeps me from the real living of charity, for the real living of God loving within me, that, that ability to love like Jesus loves, not just to say, this is uncomfortable in my life, so I need to deal with it. A lot of times, we're comfortable with our own woundedness, and we know how to navigate those wounds through different defense mechanisms and different ways of living. We're all comfortable. But asking Jesus, Jesus, in what way do I not have charity? And that's when we begin to see uh, the wounds that Jesus desires us to have healed. And it's also the ways in which, in knowing to love, love like Jesus, that we depend upon him, that in being wounded by him, then we can depend upon him in all things, so that in clinging to him that we might find freedom and true charity in Christ.